0: everyone, thanks for joining me and the continuing saga of my barn roof caving in. If you missed the first segment, please go to part one and get yourself caught up. I'm at the place now in the story where um, I had gone into, started to head into foreclosure And now I'm talking about the ideas I had around uh, keeping my farm. I saved my farm. So that's where it's going to pick up today. That, that's when I was like, no, I'd already been through bankruptcy and foreclosure with him a time before, and I wasn't going to do it again. So that's when I finally just said, no, no more. So, um, I got through that. I managed to save the farm and so, but now it's mine and it's all in my lap. And obviously I'm responsible for, um, this investment and that's the way I look at it. It's a lifestyle, um, property investment. And, um, so that's, more or less the way that I've had to restructure my attitude about it. In the beginning, and I talked about this in another episode of just, you know, what our dreams are and how we have to reimagine our dreams because sometimes they represent something that is no longer a reality. And that's what this farm was for me. It represented something that was no longer my reality. And I had to go about reimagining it in a way that spoke to me personally and what I could do with it. So I started, you know, entertaining some ideas around redoing the barn, you know, where I could, I don't need the whole barn for the horses. Um, So I wanted to use it in a way that might lend itself to having weddings and events. And keeping the property mode and looking nice and making some income off of it um, as a business for weddings and events. And obviously we all know that that's something that's really popular right now. It overlooks the lake. It has some really beautiful vistas, even from the pasture where the horses are right now, which is just a pit, kind of. I mean, um, for me, I, I just, you know, it's, it's, um, a sacrifice area right now uh, for the horses and um, but you get back there and there's so much potential it does have some beautiful vistas back there and there's a ravine that has a little bit of a stream running through it and there's um, kind of a bridge area that goes over it's not a wooden bridge um, there's a culvert that has some really large stones Um, that can be fixed up and made to look really pretty. And in fact, I could maybe even build a wooden bridge that goes over the top of that that looks even nicer. So yeah, and and that goes through the trees. There's some huge, tall pine trees uh, through there with some apple trees too that needs to get all cleaned up. There's limbs and things that have come down but there's old fencing that is kind of buried into the ground that needs to come up and there's um, some stuff that's been dumped back there that needs to all get cleaned up too. I mean it's consolidated in one kind of small area but it needs to get cleaned up. Getting back there I mean between when the snow melts. And when the mud dries up, it's a very small window. And then the grass starts growing. <laughs> and the grass grows so, just it grows so fast, so freaking fast, that the window you have between <clears throat> when everything melts and dries out and the grass is already up to your armpits, is a very small window. And really... Uh, You know, like right now, I'm already seeing the the snow just melted like last week and already stuff is green and it's growing. And I'm looking at it, I'm going, holy, you know, in no time, you know, I'm going to have to be out there with the mower and it's all going to be up around the rocks. Okay, that's another thing, the rocks. Up here in New England, the earth grows rocks and I'm not talking small rocks. I'm talking massive, huge boulders, and sometimes you only see a portion of what you think is just a small rock, and then you go to start trying to get it out of the ground, and you discover that, you know, it's the size of Pluto or something. (laughs) I mean, they're huge. So you never know what kind of size rock you're dealing with, and I've got a stack of those out there, which, you know, it could be worth a lot of money. Um, people are looking for these big huge rocks and um, I've got tons of them I just need to figure out how to use them but again you have to move those suckers and moving them even getting them into the bucket of a tractor is you know an ordeal and sometimes they're bigger than what my tractor can handle so that means that, yeah, you have to get a professional in there, in here with the big equipment and they can't get in here when it's still super wet. I mean, the wetness in the spring, just so that you have some comprehension, it messes with the roads. Um, they even, they call it post the roads. And if the roads are posted, it means that vehicles with a certain weight are not allowed to go on those roads during the spring. I mean, that's that's how significant it is that you get these frost heaves that are, you know, they create bumps in the road that you really, you know, if you go over those bumps, you're probably going to catch air <laughs> part of the time. Um so back to the barn. See, I told you this was going to wander all over the place. That's why I don't even want to start. So yeah, it was a heavy snow, and uh, even though it's a very solid structure, um, it was too much. There was like a glacial amount of snow and ice that let loose at the upper part of the barn and slid down, and it caved in the whole center section. So where the horses were at the end of the barn didn't cave in because there was enough of the... um, Where the doors are, these doors to the barn are really, really huge, giant hinges, and that kept that part of the barn um, up, okay? And then at the front of the barn, that was even more substantial. There was another huge, heavy door that was a few feet in, as well as the big front of the barn that has big doors that, you know, and that's where the chicken coop was, okay? And our little tassel, which is our oldest chicken, she's like nine years old, yes, tassel has been through everything. She was in there, okay, with her little heat lamp, and that's her little condo, and it didn't cave in on tassel, thank God. The other thing that happened is, okay, let me just explain to you that when we're talking about pros, um, it turned out that on the day that this happened, my farrier, which happens to be a very good friend of mine, she and I are super good friends, she was here and all three of my daughters and all three of the horses were in there because they were getting their feet worked on that day and the roof had not caved in. So that all got finished and everybody was safely out of the way and back outside and we left after that because she had mentioned um, some um, things that we could do to kind of help my old horse um, gain some weight, had some suggestions and so we had gone into town to get this stuff for him, and we were going to put him in that area because that was a secured area that we had as kind of a separate stall um, for him. So when we got back, you know, we're kind of looking at it, and all of a sudden, I mean, we start seeing, it wasn't all of a sudden, but yeah, we start noticing what's going on, and um, we see that the whole front part of the doors, like where the wood is, is actually pulled away from the wood of the other structure. So you've gotta know that's a massive weight to pull that wood apart. And then I'm looking through the front doors of the barn, these big huge doors that are open, and all I see is daylight. Like, there's no roof anymore. It's just, it goes through to daylight. So, I go in there, and the other crazy thing that happened was that my dad, who spends a lot of time up here, he had just left to fly back to Dallas. So, he was on a plane headed out when this happens. And he had just said, oh, well, you know, he doesn't like to really leave in the winter when things, you know, he just wants to make sure that everything's cool and that, you know, everything's working right and, You know, we're kind of past the big blizzards and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, so he leaves (laughs) and this happens. So I'm taking a video of it and that's what greets him when he gets off the plane at the airport at DFW in Dallas is, yeah, the whole uh, roof is caved in on the barn. Or not the whole roof, but yeah, that whole part of it. And I'm very fortunate that the, the main structure of the barn was fine, and it is fine. It's um, it was just you know where the ice had slid down and landed um, in an area of the barn that just couldn't support that kind of weight, um, and none of the horses or the chickens were hurt either. So. The window in which that came down was, it couldn't have happened at a better time if it was going to happen, because I was going to put Armadou in that stall that night to feed him and have him able to eat some extra hay and things like that, and that is precisely the part that fell in. So if that had happened at night, then it would have fallen in on Armadou, my horse. So, you know, all of that was just enough to be like, you know, th- that was amazing. If if it was going to happen, it it picked the perfect time to happen. The other strange thing about it is I'm just looking at this thing, and it's already just kind of a thorn in my side anyway, just because of all the stuff that I've had to deal with with this cow barn. Because I didn't want a cow barn. I wanted a horse barn. And there's a lot of people that have horses around here and they have retrofitted these big barns into um, structures that are more suited for horses. But this one hadn't, you know, nothing had been done along those lines. So it was kind of up to me to, you know, kind of make that happen. And the way that the cement was poured, it had this big long trough where they fed the cows and then there were these big partitions that were put up, and it, you'd have to go in there with jackhammers to get those things out of there, and so, no, I just, and I was feeding the horses out of a portion of that, too, it worked out pretty well, so, and our horses like to stay together, it's, um, it's kind of a thing where my horses are very easy keepers, um, and, So they just like to stay together, and I keep it open um, in a large enough area in there to where um, they can just uh, mill around and come out as they want and go out as they want. And that's worked really well for them. That's the way horses like to be. And um, also in the case that there was something that came up, you know, they could always escape. They can always get out. and and be away from that structure. So um, the, uh, I I wasn't sure at the time if that structure was even covered with insurance. I was kind of guessing that it probably wasn't, yet I had this peace about it at the same time. Like, you know, I'm looking at it going, oh shit, you know, one more thing with this barn. But there was also another side of it that's like, you know what, this has happened for a good reason, and um, it's it's just the next step. It's something that needed to happen. Everybody was safe, and there's a bigger story here. I really did feel that. It's one of those things, just trusting your gut and also just putting yourself in a better frame of mind, and I've really, really been working on that. (laughs) and this thing has kind of been one of the tests. So, um, I tried getting in touch with my insurance company and there were some different things that had come up about that. Like I wasn't really able to get through to the right people and, you know, just, and so I put it off again and then, um, a week or a couple of weeks later I decided okay I've really got to get this thing figured out the snow is going to be melting and um, we were able to you know get tassel our chicken out of there right away and got everybody better squared away as far as where the horses we put them over on the other side and got that all set up for them and that's actually better we got some mats put down and um, we put up some nice gate panels metal gate panels and they actually have um, a better place over there another thing that's in the barn is a big huge trampoline for the kids um and that wasn't damaged the hay wasn't damaged the tractors in there it wasn't damaged i had a brand new um zero turn lawnmower it wasn't damaged um Yeah, all the important stuff, including humans and animals, none of it was damaged. So um, I finally got a hold of the people that I needed to for the insurance. And come to find out, it was covered. And it was covered by quite a bit. So the next question was, it covered all the structures on my property. So, um, and it was only a portion of the barn. So I didn't know if I would actually get from the insurance company the whole amount, but at this point I was like, oh my gosh, even if I just get like 5,000, you know, I mean, it's not enough to do a whole bunch of work, but it's something, you know, and at this point I was happy to have anything. So the, uh, we line it up and the adjuster comes out and lo and behold. (laughs) Not only does he price it all out so that it goes up to what it was fully covered for, but it goes beyond that. He even included getting debris removed and you know those kinds of things. So I, I was just flabbergasted. you know, it was um, over forty thousand dollars, which was huge for me. Um, So then it was like, okay, well, um, I'm guessing that it was going to be a bit of a process to to get all that, but you wouldn't believe how fast it all happened, which I'll give Liberty Mutual a plug here. (laughs) That's who I'm using and they have been so phenomenal i mean they have covered stuff like old farmhouses are sometimes hard to get insurance for and they have you know made that happen here and uh, i mean there are certain stipulations that you have it has to be painted the roof has to be up to a certain condition and you know there's definitely some requirements but overall they're really good about you know insuring these older properties so um yeah i and so then i'm like okay well how long is that going to take well within a week or so um i had the check i had a check for the first part of it they i have um they give you a check for a certain portion um which was about half And then after a certain amount of work is done on it and you provide them receipts which i'm still trying to understand what that's all about what i have to provide um then they'll release the remainder to get the rest of it done so that's all just a huge blessing for me um and it's going into the summer it's still in the spring here so i have the whole summer to get stuff done because The summer is the only time you can work on stuff around here. Summer going into um, about mm, mid-October. You know, you can sometimes push it to late October. But mid-October is usually about the cutoff point of being able to get projects done, like big projects, before everything starts freezing up. So, uh, yeah, being able to have all of this just available and ready to go, um, was pretty amazing. Now, the next thing that I needed to get handled was getting a contractor and somebody that I could trust. And believe me, there was a bunch of yay around here <laughs> and, uh. It's uh, difficult to find people that you can really trust to do the job well and to show up and get it done in a timely fashion. But we had just gotten a garage apartment finished um, on our house here for my dad, and it's where he's staying now most of the time. And uh, the people, the guy that we found to do that, his name's Lester, and he is Phenomenal. He's so professional. It's him and two other guys, and he's a carpenter um, as well as other stuff. You know, he's, he's a contractor and he just does a uh, fantastic job. I was so lucky to get his name. My daughter was babysitting and these people had this really beautiful home up on top of the mountain, uh, up at the top of our road up here. And I just asked him, I was like, who did you guys use? Because this is a really good job. And she gave us the name and we ended up, you know, being able to use him for, uh, the apartment. So, um, Yeah, and in that, he went back in and there was stuff that had been done wrong um, in building the structure. And so they went back in and corrected all of that. They didn't, you know, um, just go on, you know, use what was there and and start putting sheetrock up on top of that, it wasn't even. And um, he let us know that and said, look, you know, it's it's not gonna look good. Because whoever did it before, yeah, you know, so like I said, we we've had our experiences with the people around here that do, you know, not the greatest job. So anyway, they got that all fixed, and we it's it's beautiful. I've got some pictures up on the blog um, that you can see, and it's uh, it it was just really good to know that you know there was somebody that I could talk to, but I didn't know if he would be able to do it himself or if he knew somebody that could do it. So um, I just met with him on this past Saturday and it looks like he is going to do this for me and he's also going to be able to do it in such a way that I can max out the most um, with the insurance money that I'm going to get. Because I do want to do some different things with this barn, and I'm going to have enough to do it, um, or close to, to make um, um, some real headway. So it's finally opened a path for me to do some of the things that are part of my new dream my new reinventions for myself <laughs> which is really exciting now it's still overwhelming okay I mean the roof is still caved in over there none of the stuff has been removed yet he hasn't gotten back to me as to when they can start um, so it's all just in the preliminary stages but I came across to, to just wrap this thing up um, I came across a little diary entry that I made last summer that I'd totally forgotten about and even mentioned it to my kids. Okay, now this may sound a little woo-woo for some of you, but I believe in, you know, I've had too many things in my life work out to where given the mindset And putting things out to the universe or God or, like I said, however you put that out there. I have, in the past, had so many different things show up in my life. But in this chapter of my life, it's almost like I had lost confidence in that working for me. Because it just seemed like I had been hit to the gut so many different times in so many different ways that it's like, I felt like I'd lost my touch. (laughs) The magic in my life was missing, you know, and all I kept getting was like, I felt like I was just getting one slam after another. And it's like, no, um, I've got to get my, you know, my mojo back. So, um, last, you know, over the past couple of years, I've really been working on myself. And, you know, believing in my future, believing in my abilities to have visions for my life and see them manifest, see them come about. But yeah, my confidence had taken a real hit in that area. So last summer, I was really focusing on that. In fact, I read a book. It's by uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. It's called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And that has really come across my radar, too. I want to talk specifically about that book and how it's shown up in my life, how it's just continued to be on the radar. And I want to share that with you. Um, But I finished reading that book, and um, going into last summer, I was like, part of the reason that I'm not able to move forward is just that I need a lump sum of money going into the summer that I can just play with that's significant, you know, that's not like $600 or even, you know, $6,000, but it's significant enough that I can make some significant changes and really push this thing forward. Because it was dragging us all down, the kids were feeling a little bit demoralized about all of it and um, we've just been talking, we've been here for over five years and we've just been talking about this and talking about this and nothing was really happening. And so after a while, it just gets to be like, bleh, you know, it's, it loses its luster and feels hopeless. So going into last summer, I put it out there that I wanted $20,000 going into the summer. I wanted $20,000. Well, I got to the end of last summer and it didn't happen. And of course I got into the winter and it didn't happen. I just pretty much forgot about it, you know? Um, I did forget about it. I just, you know, time goes on and you forget. So after I'd gotten this check, I came across that little entry of what I had been wanting and I'd even told the kids about it. And they're like, oh my gosh, so I went down there and said, y'all, remember how I said going into last summer I wanted 20 grand? Well, it didn't happen last summer. But it's happening this summer. It was a little bit delayed, <laughs> but it happened. And they're just like, oh my gosh, I remember that. I remember you saying that now, you know. So that was the icing on the cake. And not only is it 20 grand, it's, you know, way more than that. It's almost twice that. So that has restored my confidence. And I let that be a confidence booster for you too. Um, dream big or dream as big as you can, you know, put some real honest to goodness numbers out there and uh, go for it, believe it. And I'm upping my game. Okay, I am upping my game now. I got a little boost on that one. Um, it's a big boost for me. And now I'm, you know, dreaming bigger things. So that is the story on my barn. So far, I will keep you posted on how it continues to unfold. And I hope that it's given you the impetus to reinvent your dreams and obviously keep loving your lifestyle. y'all that's a wrap listen to explore more on how to reinvent your lifestyle and also what I'm doing on my main farm plus some creative cool topics on adding travel and entrepreneurship to your mix jump on over and join me at devhaze.com that's d-e-b-b-2-b's h-a-y-e-s.com introduce yourselves I'd love to meet you until next time thanks for joining me Love ya and love your lifestyle.